0: Sangram here, I got a special announcement for you. I have been part of the Peak Community for almost a year now. And here is the thing, less than 1% of the marketers become CMOs. And you know what's even harder? Staying a CMO without a high caliber peer network that can help you beat the odds. In Peak Community, they build a community around you by creating exclusive events and experiences to help you become 1% better each week so you can get promoted have an impact and do the best work of your life this episode that you're listening to is an example of the conversation that happened literally every single day in the peak community so check out the link is below if you want to be part of it it's only for marketers so make sure you're not a lurker but someone who want to have an impact and do the best work of your life let's go everyone and welcome my name is Alyssa Peltier I am the senior manager of our event marketing team here at CVent I am so excited to be here today talking to you in a little bit more depth about our CVent Connect virtual event marketing strategy and to give you a behind the scenes look on the experience we constructed from end to end so where do we begin on the event marketing for this event I'd like to start with just a little bit more background on me and my team before we really dive into the meat here. So the event marketing team at CVent is responsible for event marketing strategy, um, audience generation, sales enablement, and integrated follow-up campaigns alongside our demand generation team. We also focus heavily on the data flow and capture at an event. Um, understanding engagement and interest and delivering those insights to the business via our marketing automation system and then ultimately um, those insights to sales. Our focus has primarily been situated on approximately 40 of our top tier, most complex events, including those that we host, like our annual conferences, Event Connect, Um, And Cvent Connect Europe, our European extension of the Cvent Connect brand. And then those that we attend, IMAX, GBTA, Dreamforce, uh, to name a few of those. And much like our event planning counterparts, our world was flipped on its head when the virus hit us back in March. Uh, We were very much full steam ahead in terms of marketing and planning Cvent Connect, which was to take place in early June this year. And in fact, we had just literally launched over 200 sessions and started to significantly ramp up our promotions when our registration numbers start to peak in terms of driving demand for the event. Um, But instead, for about five weeks, we grappled with and were truthfully paralyzed by this scenario planning. If this gets better by May, then what? Will people be ever be willing to travel in May? What does a smaller event look like if we decide to host it? Do we even get our ROI? Um, Does that even make business sense for us? What about all these sponsors that have invested so heavily in our organization and in this event specifically? And, And honestly, every day felt like a full week of decision making only to start back where we were, you know, at the start by the very next day. And we watched every week as major events were either canceled or fully transformed to virtual experience with so very little runway time. But we we did watch them. We took notes. We critiqued. We analyzed. And I think many of you can relate, but we definitely overanalyzed a lot of these events as well. Um, But given that our event was happening months away, you know, all of this note taking was great, but what were we going to do? How are we going to put this into practice? And, you know, our entire event and the drumbeat of our promotions that we've operated on for years and had been putting into practice at this point on this very active campaign came to that screeching halt. And as planners and marketers, you know, we're so used to adjusting and adapting. We trial and we test and we scratch board and we brainstorm, but to literally have to start over basically to burn it to the ground um, and build something completely new. It was just not something that anyone felt comfortable doing. And so when we when we finally had to admit the harsh reality that this event could not go on as planned, we actually had to go through what I refer to as a grieving period. And I, I know I've talked about this with several colleagues, but we Many of us felt like we went into mourning for a little while. And by a little while, I mean like 48 hours because like so many other events, ending one event meant an entirely new strategy and an event experience had to replace it when, and here comes that P word that we all love to hate, but pivoted to an entirely new strategy essentially overnight. But despite that sadness we had over the loss of this in-person event, and like so many others, we became determined to make Lemonade out of lemons and chart a new course for Cvent Connect this year. Admittedly, though, we were in a unique position, and we were able to buy ourselves a little bit of time with our event moving further into the year, which, in this case, just took place this past month in August. Um, but this was strategically selected so as to allow for our technology teams to quite literally build our event venue, which also came to be known as the Cvent Virtual Attendee Hub platform from scratch. Um, But this set the tone and the stage for how we then went about honing in on our content and our programming strategy, which very quickly became laser focused on the fact that this was no longer a user conference at its core, which is what Cvent Connect has always historically been. It was now really a product launch. But getting focused in our mission allowed us to then set in motion the crafting of the agenda and the corresponding experiences and, of course, then the promotional plan. And so this simplification of the event core objectives really became our north star. And every decision-making opportunity we have had leading into this event has then had to answer to that. Okay, so this event has a new purpose. What then was our audience going to look like? I don't think this is a mystery to anyone who has attended Cvent Connect, or even if you've attended a similar user conference, or even like many of you, our events adhere to a pretty distinct goal for our organization. And that is to generate new business opportunities or retain and renew our existing customer base. And so with the impact that we knew a Cvent developed virtual product offering would have on the market, there was messaging and programming developed to drive registration appetite for both our prospect and our customer base. And this included some of the obvious, which you probably took note of, but just to call it out here, um, compelling PR-worthy speakers, to deliver educational thought leadership content from some of the industry's biggest brands. I will say this was not something we went in knowing we were going to have um, come out of this event, but our relationships with some of these organizations really started to materialize as we got closer to our event taking place. But that included um, CEOs from American Airlines and Southwest Airlines, Hilton, Marriott, and then some major um, players from the industry associations of which we have um, strong partnerships with. So those started to materialize, and we were able to really lean in on the messaging and driving demand for this event. Um, but what we also doubled down on, and the fact that this would be a sneak peek into that new product offering, the Cvent Attendee Hub, and it drove up a ton of appetite around first view messaging. Um, so, with all of this in mind, setting registration targets, and setting expectations for not only ourselves, but also for our executive team was merely impossible. And that is an exercise that all event marketers do. It's, you know, what's the goal of, what what goals are you trying to hit? What's your registration target? Um, We had SaaS industry benchmarks of somewhere in the five to seven X range from some similar user conferences, um, which was a great starting off point, but now we even exceeded those, those expectations. So it's just something, we're all going through this together. It's been really hard to try to figure out what should we expect. This is a whole new learning curve for so many individuals running these large-scale virtual conferences, exclusively virtual conferences, not even just a hybrid format. Um, but I think this is something just predicting towards the future, us as event marketers, as an evolved planning organizations, we'll continue to learn from that. Um, Now that we have the precedent and things will become a little bit easier to predict as we move forward. And so our executive stakeholders won't be as antsy as they have been this past year. So let's talk about the communications a little bit more deeply. We also encountered a totally new strategic approach in terms of event related communications and promotions for this event. I will say for the in-person event, our priority is so much more heavily weighted on convincing people that they need to register. Since there is a hefty price tag to attend our our conferences, at least our Sevent Connect conference. Um, And of course, the travel costs to overcome, you know, flights costs, hotel costs are also part of, um, you know, they're a restriction for people to come to an in-person event. Um, And as a result of those barriers, we do use our sales facing or sorry, our client facing teams in the form of our client services and our sales teams a lot to help us drive our registration for our in-person events. But that being said, once we capture your registration with our engaging event communications and all of this cool collateral that we equip these teams with, the likelihood of coming is still really high. Um, historically, our event in Las Vegas has a 90 to 95% attendance rate. So our event marketing efforts, like I said, have had less emphasis on the continual engagement following that actual registration commitment. Um, But with virtual, we're able to capture registrations with much less effort. I think you're seeing that, many of us are seeing that in terms of these exponential registration rates. Um, But our whole approach has been inverted to really focus on the post-registration activation and continued engagement to encourage actual attendance at this event. We were very, very scared about individuals just registering, but then not showing up. So this included a very robust communication plan, starting about one month out from the event, where emails combined now with those client-facing teams calling, uh, which I'll touch on a little bit more detail in a bit, started to drip out a lot of FOMO-related content until things then got really crazy the week leading into the event, which is ultimately when we launched the hub um, to the attendee population. And so similar to if you've launched, say, a mobile app for your event, I think that's kind of like a similar comparison from the in-person event. You need a whole comms plan around just driving the adoption of that technology itself. Um, given the fact that our product development, I was saying, you know, our team was building this from scratch, our product development timelines and the readiness of this actual product, we ended up being able to then open this only seven days prior to the event date, which I think in hindsight was an appropriate timeline, but we kind of fell into that. Um, but it's, it's something that was a success for us in terms of ga- gauging appetite prior to the event. But at that point, once that hub was ready and open, we then incrementally increased the communications around driving engagement into the event experience itself. But at the same time, we also had to create a lot of instructional text. We created help videos and tutorials. Um, We did have collateral available. And we also turned on our phone and chat support with the client services teams um, about how to actually access this event experience. You know, I've I've laughed about this because for our in person events, it's like you know, here's the Google, Google map, here's where our location is, and then it's like, okay, you're here, you you figured it out. You know, I'm oversimplifying, I'm sure, but it's a lot easier to communicate about how to find a location than it is about logging in, making sure Wi-Fi is stable. You know, all of those different hurdles that we're facing now with a new technology um, that is ultimately your event location. So. Um, we really made a concerted effort to ensure that this technology was not only just adopted, but it was seamless and not a confusing experience at all, and really putting a best effort to have this be as frictionless and as simplistic as possible. Which was quite challenging since we were learning this technology in real time ourselves. Um, so it was just, you know, up the ante. Um, But when that virtual hub was launched, we thought of this as a very similar comparison as almost as if the doors are now open to your event space. And you're now ready to start checking people in as early now as the week before your event actually starts. And so the event space itself has to be launch ready to accommodate and then welcome them. And you then have to start telling them what you want them to do. You have to have CTAs that are available within this platform. We didn't just want to have this FOMO moment where we launch this thing, but then you get into it and it's kind of a dud which could then compromise them actually showing up. So all of it was part of this driving this FOMO-related activity prior to the event starting. Um, But, of course, with that, we also had to delicately balance the fact that they were still facing other non-event priorities, probably even more so now in this pandemic era. Um, We've got laundry to do. We've got kids yelling. We've got the dog barking. So you really had to toe the line. On engagement and driving demand without bombarding these individuals and then scaring them off for the real, the real deal, the real show, the actual event taking place the week later. Um, but so just to drive this po- point home, you know, that week before the event, the event marketing team was in the business of convincing you to actually show up to the event dates. Um, we did, I wanted to call this out as well, but this did include partnering with an SMS provider. Um, to get a text out even each morning just to remind people to log into the event itself. Of course, we did have in-event communications that were also accelerated to continue to drive that engagement. But I can't stress enough the importance of that, those weeks leading into the event and driving that excitement and that energy to lead you into success the week of your event. Okay, so let's shift gears a little bit and talk about... Are the sales and marketing, that kind of dynamic duo that we've got going on here, and I probably should call it our client services teams as well, but sales really does play a heavy hand, um, particularly at our Cvent organization. And so, um, you know, typically for these teams, that means that sales um, is calling on individuals, you know, months on end for an in-person event, to help convince and convert our top prospects and our customers to register for the event. Of course, they have vested interest in these people coming to our in-person event experiences. But with our new virtual strategy and a new product to adopt and teach contacts how to use now, sales was repositioned um, and encouraged people to to encourage people to actually show up. This whole concept of FOMO, they participated in as well. Um, And so once the individual would register by way of the reminder calling, you know, started prior to the the event date itself. Um, Part of these calls was sales's focus on preemptively setting follow-up campaigns for these same top prospects and customers. Um, So that immediately following the event, there were already preset meetings set to take place to recap and unpack all of the goodness that happened during the event itself and you know by giving these attendees a meeting set for the future we hope that they'd feel the obligation to you know do their homework um, and show up to discuss in this sales set meeting the ideas that they jotted down during that live event experience um just a you know quick little practical tactic that could be deployed by anybody, just something the little strategic meeting can go a long way and to encourage people to actually show up. Um, but of course, we also offered one-on-one appointments and virtual booth stop-bys um, during the event as well. with not only our sponsors and exhibitors, but also with those c sales and um, client services experts, um, which we expect also to further accelerate opportunities that could come out of this event. I will say a really innovative approach um, our sales enablement team put into practice was leveraging third-party technology, and this was by way of um, Slack messaging, as an external messaging platform where our sales team could invite contacts into private channels for in-event messaging. Um, That kept the hype up, the collaboration, and the best practice sharing just a major priority for those people that were um, committed to attending during the event week itself. Um, But this is something that we coined the the TLC plan. It was the tender love and care plan. Um, You know, it's often in the in-person experience. Sales reps are able to have so much contact and communication just by nature of being on site. I mean, that's the enhanced engagement and the inherent value of an in-person event is that face-to-face connectivity and the hand-holding and the relationships that you have, right? Um, But just being that on-site point of contact, we really wanted to figure out how we could replicate that and ensure that their contacts were always engaging and having a good time, even in this virtual platform. So for, for this event, the Slack approach really allowed us to capitalize on those similar sentiments. We will also, as part of this plan, we were able to leverage our executive team in several uh, what we called executive drive- drive-bys into the, that those Slack channels who made celebrity-like appearances in those conversations, um, much like you might see at an on-site event. You know, uh, Reggie walking by, waving in the hall was no longer feasible, but we were able to conduct that within the Slack experience itself. Um, I think this was really, really not only engaging opportunity for our sales teams, they felt that tender love and care, but it also felt it from the client's perspective as well. Just knowing that the CEO of an organization like this um, cared to pop into a messaging chat between you and your sales rep. Um, I would totally be remiss, too, if I didn't mention that this event experience was built in collaboration not only with our marketing and technology team, so I've talked about a lot here, um, and but but sales was a major stakeholder in our strategic decision-making processes. You know, all of the strategies we just discussed here went through rounds of back and forth feedback, weighing out all of those different dependencies and seeing how sales could really fit this into their day of work streams and also, you know, let them have an ownership role in the success of this event as well. It wasn't just marketing telling them what to do. Um, That really became a great, great partnership between sales and marketing um, and enhanced the success. And I think enhanced some of the outcomes and the experiences that our attendees were able to capitalize on. Okay, so let's shift gears a little bit. um, Stop talking about sales so much. And we'll talk a little bit about our exhibitors and our sponsors. I guess there's a little bit of sales in there too, but external sales. So, like everything else, when it came to the exhibitor and sponsor strategy, we had to get creative with our new approach. I think there's a common theme here get creative, get innovative. Um, Cvent Connect annually hosts a one day trade show within Cvent Connect um, that houses close to 400 exhibitors and premier sponsors that represent the depth and the breadth of the industry from tra- travel organizations to CVBs to hoteliers. Um, promotional product providers, you name it, there's representation across the board here. Um, and while we were able to maintain some of the integrity of a traditional trade show by way of the virtual booth offering within the attendee hub platform, um, and the appointments that the virtual hub allowed for, um, we Recognized, and we knew that we were dealing with an industry that had been battered and was in chaos, truthfully, as a result of the pandemic. So our, sh- our efforts really shifted in favor of trying to drum up unique and clever ways to drive exponential value for our key contributors um, and to also add value to the attendee experience overall. I mean, everything we do really has the attendee lens in mind. Um, so some of those things, I think these are practical examples that any of you might be able to employ in your own organizations, but those included dedicated programming, that was active and experiential in nature. For example, um, Visit Dallas, one of our major sponsors, hosted an opening welcome reception that appeased that wonderlust appetite in all of us right now during these times. They were really able to showcase their city. Um, it was beneficial to them, but I also think it was relevant to what we're all going through right now and, and seeking out some tr- travel opportunities, even if traveling from our couch. Um, Caesars Entertainment, another one of our major sponsors, conducted a 15-minute cooking class to break up the day. Um, it's almost like an interstitial experience, um, as well as they offered an opera singer performance to close out the event. Um, they also, Caesars Entertainment, they sent out pre-event amenities to registrants that enhanced their cooking class um, and appeased our event marketing need to drive that FOMO pre event. You know, dr- sending direct mailers was something that got people really excited about coming to this event um, and having that tangible object uh, was just something that was added value to getting people to uh, be in their seats the day of the event. We also had a gifting provider, Tremendous, deliver us with a coffee gift voucher code um, that could easily be embedded into our in event communications as a way to entice people to grab a cup of coffee before viewing, um, which really started to break the boundaries between the attendee and the screen. And this became more of a tactile and sensory experience, a little bit more akin to what you would experience at an in-person event. And then, of course, we did sell ad spots and varying time placements prior to each session start time, um, just to give more brand awareness to each sponsor, but also in that more rich media format. So there was video opportunities, not just static slides, um, which we're usually accustomed to in our in-person events, at least for the Cvent Connect that is. Okay, so for those of you who were able to join me and my colleagues during the live event, you heard that our team really rallied behind a critical word that set the direction for the content creation and production for this event. And that was that we wanted to mesmerize you. I hope I'm doing that right now. Um, As I made mention in that session, our job is to make it so that you literally can't take your eyes off of the screen. And we need to make this experience so damn good that you are too scared of missing the next word or the next scene or the next slide. And this is because each and every one of these commitments of your time and attention are explicit opportunities for us, me, as a marketer, to learn more about you as an attendee. You know, what are your likes? What are your dislikes? So that we can work carefully craft the next best follow-up actions. I in mean, some of those areas where we really focused our efforts in terms of making content mesmerizing. Some of these were more obvious, some of them not so. Um, I mentioned these in our Cvent Connects discussion, but I'd like to call them out again, but we were purposefully creating actionable content. Um, I hope that at the end of this session in particular, you walk away with things on your notepad that you can put into practice today, tomorrow, next week at your next event, but that it means something to you and that you can action it. Um, The second point, authentic comedy, but not cheese. You know, If it's natural for a speaker to bring in jokes or throw in a filter on their face to do it, But if it's disingenuous and it's going to come across as forced or canned or, you know, not authentic, just avoid it altogether. You don't have to force the comedy. Um, The third one creating more tactile experiences. I did mention this with our sponsors. Section that we were talking about a little bit earlier, but really starting to break down the barriers of the screen as much as you can. You know, there's only so much we can do in terms of this one to many communication approach. But if you had a cup of coffee, or if you had that spoon that was sitting in front of you, that those the relationships and the dynamic just becomes a little bit more enhanced when there's a third dimension that's broken. Um, and then this is my favorite one, the fourth bullet here. Um, you know, these little elements of surprise, we like to call them Easter eggs. Um, they're hiding little elements that can give you delight as you navigate um, new areas of the virtual platform or you uncover new content or you discover new things within the the space itself. Sometimes that comes in the form of com- comedy. We had one speaker who was really, really fond of filters on his face and just did this beard trick for any of you who were... Um, who watched the future of virtual or future of hybrid events. I think those are the names of the sessions. Um, I would call that a moment of surprise. You know, you didn't know that was going to happen, and by the nature of attending that session, you got a little Easter egg. You found, you uncovered something new. We also hid cute little sayings within our chat that was embedded into the virtual platform, but just these little elements of surprise, hiding things that it, encourage engagement across the platform. Okay. So you've done the event. It's over, right? No, we all know that. So my team really kicks it into high gear and has to not only prepare for the experience itself, but to ensure the outcomes are, are, are in our favor once the dust actually settles in the months that follow. I do have to say, I take a lot of pride knowing that while the role of event planning is incredibly stressful leading into and during the event experience, it's the function of marketing and event marketing to really stick that landing. And ensure that this event and its ROI doesn't end on the event dates. And, you know, given that we were dealing with a new product that was in active development and an unprecedented number of contacts registering, we couldn't rest on our laurels when it came to lead follow-up and prioritization either. Uh, we really needed to redefine what it meant to be an attendee of this event, what it meant to be even engaged at this event, and better yet, what it meant to even be highly engaged. Um, and then resulting, what is, is, are you sales ready as a result of those insights that we glean from your attendance? And so we focused a lot of our attention on setting new data definitions and KPIs for this event, much of which related to what does it mean to log into this event versus what does it mean to attend live versus what does it mean to attend on demand? And what about on demand logging into the platform versus on demand viewing a session All of those things and weighing out new opportunities for our organization was just kind of like teaching ourselves how to talk about events again. Um, And we really, we were looking at capturing a whole new way of looking at event metrics, some of which were repurposed for more traditional webinar programs, um, but also contextualized in our re-envisioned conference programming that was now taking place in an entirely new location, which is basically your home. Um, And so we couldn't assume that a session attended at an in-person event or even a webinar Uh, where you might have more undivided attention could carry the same weight or intensity as the in-person event. And so with competing priorities and other business being conducted in real time, we knew looking at event leads would be very difficult um, and and maybe not difficult, but different. Um, And also highly important though, given just the sheer volume of having 42,000 contacts, a nine X increase in the in-person event data that we're now pounding at the doors of our event, just ready to be measured and analyzed. That's how I like to think of them, Um, based on varying degrees of importance to our organization at this moment in time. And so that being said, the strategy we employed leaned heavily on CVent engagement scoring, where we were able to weight actions from throughout the CVent platform, including the virtual attendee hub in favor of programming that was more aligned to buyer behavior and insights. Uh, For example, making an appointment with one of our solution experts or entering a virtual booth to speak with a Cvent representative was worth more to Cvent and our lead scoring organization than say a thought leader component more akin to brand affinity and not necessarily buying interest or intent at this time. So this data, Once we married that with our marketing automation system that houses additional marketing related campaign activity really accelerated our ability to prioritize and paint a clearer picture um, of these individuals who were then ready to talk to sales um, immediately following this event um, versus those individuals that might have needed more nurturing by way of on demand content consumption and other event related nurture programs that we have up and running following that event. I will say sales hit the ground running the day after the live event dates came to a close. You know, they continue to talk with the most engaged and most likely to be interested in talking to sales immediately following uh, the event close. And meanwhile, marketing, even so, continues to drive on-demand consumption to drive that engagement score up over the next several weeks. And we continue to tip those leads over the fence to our sales team only once those individuals are ready and prioritized.